you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. It is 8 a.m. I'm looking out the window and I see some beautiful sun and I see a wonderful Monica before me who is going to read another question for the quiz. So, oh, oh yep. wait. I, <laughs> I'm just fumbling for my we're, papers. We're just, we're just, yes. We're just here. Okay, our next quiz goes like this. I remember the theme is David's sons. Which of David's sons was known to be very handsome with luscious long locks? Me. Wait, what? Uh, you have luscious long locks, do you? Uh, no. Yeah, I no. wish I did. Do you? Not really. Um, yeah, no, I don't think it would, I don't suit, think it would you. suit me. That no. rasta look? Nah. I think I'm too short for it. And, and a little bit too uh, grubby, to be honest. I think if you had luscious long locks, that would be filthy. <laughs> My hair is <laughs> like, so as in like, like dreadlocks. You know how those surfer guys never wash because they're like, oh, I just go surfing at the Oh, fine. yeah, no, I don't and want, they get those I don't dreads. Want, I don't want dreads. Yes, yeah, yeah. Shout out people who have dreads, though. That's cool, but I don't, I don't want them. It's, it's, it's not me. It's not my thing. <coughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are listening to the record show. Do you want to read that clue one more time? Yes. Which of uh, David's sons was known to be very handsome with luscious long locks? By the way, we're giving away the grand prize. Today and every day this week is Daniel Practical Living in the Judgment Hour, a commentary on the book of Daniel by Norman McNulty. Mm. So, yeah, the book of Daniel has always been at the heart of studies on Bible prophecy for God's people. The name Daniel itself means God is my judge. Living in the Judgment Hour naturally draws students of prophecy to a book about the judgment Mm. Uh, so this is a really great book to uh, read about that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and remember to state it or star it if you aren't playing for the prize. If you're just playing to for playing sake, just for fun, you can just say so on your message. You can say, hey, I'm just playing for fun. I'm not playing for the prize. Or you can put a little star beside your answer and we'll be able to... Yeah, see that and then not give you a prize because you don't want it. But you want this prize. So 0491-064-669. We've got a a bunch of text messages here. First one from Brayden. He said, lighthouses are amazing and definitely would love to own slash live in one. Uh, but church that is an but a church a lighthouse is another great idea absolutely all of those ideas are just fantastic living in a lighthouse running church in a lighthouse you know it's that'd be awesome yeah i'm i'm so i'm so on board with this idea unfortunately the the, the lighthouses that we're, be, we're being given away are in the us mm-hmm. so we've got to find ourselves someone with an american passport oh hey dj shell <laughs> Hey, <laughs> DJ Shell. We've also got a series of text messages here from Freco. So we were talking about in my uh, news section how in Utah they banned the Bible from schools because the Bible, quote-unquote, contains pornographic material. Now, Freco says Solomon had thousands of wives but only one sex scene. And, of course, he's referring to the Song of Solomon, which Freco later writes. This is so funny to me. He's like, and, oh, yes, the sex scene was hair that looked like a thousand goats running over his bed. <laughs> so, again, like, this is this is the point of what we're making. But even if you said, okay, no, but the Song of Solomon, that's too explicit, well, then just don't read the Song of Solomon. Children. Yeah, you can get those uh, publications of the Bible where they publish each of the 66 books separately. Mm. And then, I don't know, eliminate the, leave out the Song of Solomon until they get to high school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it, it'd be like, it'd be like this, right? It'd be like, um, imagine you, okay, so medicine has mm. at some point, if you're learning about biology in the human body, uh, there are some possibly things that you would call 
explicit. I remember whether it was year eight or year nine biology and we open the textbook and there's just pictures of naked people in there and it's like, oh, well, this is, you know, how the human reproductive system works and da 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 We didn't look at that material before that age because it would have been maybe inappropriate. We didn't understand it. But does that mean you just chuck out health in general? Like no one should learn about dieting. No one should learn about PE or exercise or anything like that because eventually it will lead to, you know, talking about sexual education. The answer is obviously no. Same with the Do you know what? If a five-year-old can figure out that Song of Songs is about sex, I'd be very impressed (laughs) with their poetic (laughs) dissection and prowess. (laughs) Like, kudos to the kid who can figure out that all the chat about sheep and palm trees and dates and fruit is actually about (laughs) sex. Like, that would be advanced reading (laughs) comprehension for that kid. That is powerful. (laughs) Hey, we've got another text message here from Margie. She says, Lawson, look at Zimbabwe's inflation. Since the 1980s, they've been going over the waterfall. They're now so deep down at the bottom of the pit, they are under the falls. I have a bunch of friends from Zim, and they use USD now. Like, they don't even use yeah. currency. Yep. But this is the thing. This is the problem. It's like, okay, so their currency completely died mm-hmm. due to inflation, mm-hmm. which they had this hyperinflation that was informed by literally just printing money. They're just like, oh, I just keep printing it and printing it and printing it. They're like the case study of what happens if you just print unlimited money. Like, it didn't have to happen, but it did. Mm-hmm. And so we get to look at them and say, okay, this is how inflation works. And this was the the outcome inflation, which is usually like war mm-hmm. and conflict. Same thing happening in Venezuela. So then uh, it's like, okay, for Zim people now, they're like, okay, well, we just stop using our currency. Like, our currency's gone down the drain. Just throw it in the bin and we'll replace it with USD. A lot of countries do this. But this is the point, is that USD is the currency that runs the world. Yeah. And if that falls over the cliff, then the world falls over the cliff. It, instead of a localized problem, you have a global problem. Just the same as, like, the GFC happened as a result of the crash of the U.S. housing market. Yeah. The U.S. housing market crashed. We have a bunch of crashes and then, you know, crises here in Australia, but it doesn't have that kind of effect. The U.S. housing market crashes. We have a global financial crisis. Like, Greece dies mm-hmm. you know, as a country, financially, mm-hmm. economically. Um, if the USD does the same thing... A lot of countries are going Like, on. if yeah. the USD faces, if it hits up at work, it's in inflation right now. If the USD hits hyperinflation, like, that's, mm. that's, that, that is a bomb. That is a bomb. Do, do you remember when we went to Ethiopia and they also want USD to the point where in, when you arrive in Ethiopia, you have to purchase a visa on the ground. You can't purchase it ahead of time. You have to purchase yeah. it when you get there. And they only accept US dollars. They literally will not accept their own yeah, currency. I, I, and they have an ATM there and you can get cash out, but it doesn't spit out USD. It spits out their BIRR, B-I-R-R, which is yeah. their local currency. Yeah. So if you don't bring US currency to Ethiopia, you get stuck, which is what happened to me because I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what I did. I don't remember if I had USD. Maybe I bought USD in, like, Singapore or something. Well, it was in the brief when you signed up for the mission trip. I, ah, told you. Yeah. I just didn't read that part, and I literally got stuck, and I had to do some um, <clears throat> things I won't mention on it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Um. Hey, let's read some more of these messages. (laughs) Happy birthday to Sky. Happy birthday, Sky. You're 42 today. Congratulations. I'm going to sing you a song. Are you ready, Sky? Here is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey, 
Uh, going on, we have another message from Braden. It says, ha ha, I know all about procrastination with my assignments. It certainly does not improve the situation for the results in the US debt. Debt issue is just another sign. God is coming back very, very soon. And praise the Lord for that. Mm, absolutely. Hey, fantastic, guys. Thank you for texting us. And send us text in if you have thoughts about the Bible study that we are going to engage in right now. Uh, we have another text message here. Just from a, a listener called Adrian, um, uh, who just wanted to know that we pray about uh, for our listeners. And yeah, Adrian, every single morning before we go on air, we have a, a dedication prayer uh, for the show, for um, the presenters, and for especially our listeners. Mm. So there's a lot of prayer happening over Faith FM. And do you know what? We'd appreciate it if we uh, if you stuck us on your prayer list as well and continue to pray for the Faith FM ministry, uh, for the listeners, for the work it does. It is the biggest church in Australia. Mm. Um, it just happens on air. Mm, absolutely. Hey, and if you have anything else to say, you want to get in for the quiz or you want to comment on our Bible study, 0491-064-669. All right, Monica, I want you to go to Revelation chapter 7 for me. Revelation chapter 7. We're going to be spending a little bit of time there this morning in Revelation chapter 7 because this topic of our Bible study for this week is the seal of God and the mark of the beast. Ooh, la, la. So hectic stuff here. We're going to get a Revelation chapter 7. And we're going to see why this is so important. I love this scene, actually, in Revelation chapter 7. It's like a, it's like a scene where, like, you know, it's like violin screech, you know, mm-hmm. record screech. Like everything just, just stops for a second. Like all the hectic stuff is going on. And then everything just stops. And we hear the voice of, of Jesus. Um, but let's hear... Do you want to start reading in verse 1 and read down to verse 3? After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four wings of the earth, that the winds should not blow up the earth, the sea, or any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the sea and the earth, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have the sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Okay, so... We have this scene here where we see angels and we see, you know, winds and we see destruction and we see this seal. Very, very interesting. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So we start in verse 1 here. It says, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, the sea, or any tree. Now, we come into the situation in which, you know, in the previous verses, we've been talking about the seals, and it's like all of these crazy end-time events. Now, we know that the book of Revelation is written in symbols, it's written in metaphors that allude back to the Old Testament. You know, you've got like the fifth seal, which is the cry of the martyrs, and the sixth seal, which is the cosmic disturbance, and definitely like a lot of these seals, um, there is, you know, you can, you can, essentially it gives us some symbols and we peel back the meaning of those symbols to understand what's going on. When it comes to the seventh seal here, or chapter seven, we see the seal, the sealed of Israel. It says, after these things, I saw these angels on the four corners of the earth, having the, holding back the four winds of the earth. Now, these winds 
uh, basically represent strife that will come upon the earth in the end times. So they're like, these angels, they're holding back all of this strife and calamity, these signs of the time. So we read about it in Matthew 24. You know, the Bible makes it pretty plain. Jesus is like, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilences, like all these awful things that will just continue to increase in intensity and frequency um, preceding and leading up to when Jesus comes back. And we see these four angels and they're holding back these winds that will hit the earth. And, and by, again, these winds, they represent all of that, all of the strife, all of the, the terrible calamity that will come about upon the world. It's not talking about, you know, the four angels holding back four literal winds. It's like, oh, it's a three, it's a breeze. you know, a <laughs> 300 kilometer wind, which will knock out the whole earth. It's like, okay, no, it's the totality of strife. They're holding everything back. And again, as I said, it's like a record scratch moment because up until this point, like chapter six is just like going through all of these hectic things, just one after the other. And then the winds, they're being held back. And then an angel shows up and he's like, hey, don't let go of the winds. Keep holding them back. And he says, do not harm the earth. Um, and the reason he says this, he says, don't, don't harm anything till we sealed, till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. So essentially saying, Hey, there is great calamity to come, but before this happens, we need to seal the servants of God. We need there to be a people who are ready for Jesus to come back so that they can go through this strife. Now, there are many people who read this passage within Christendom or within Christianity with a futurist or a dispensationalist take or a secret rapture take that essentially this means that, oh, hey, you know, all of these people are going to be taken to heaven so that they don't have to go through these calamities. Uh, this is what's called a pre-tribulation view of the second coming, that we the saved get taken to heaven and then a great tribulation happens to all the lost, and then finally after that Jesus comes back. But we don't see that or hear that taking place in this passage. What we just see is that the angel comes up and says, seal the servants. He doesn't say take them to heaven. He doesn't say, you know, um, take them from these great calamities. He just says Seal them, prepare them, get them ready so that they can go through these calamities, which I think the Bible calls the calamities that will hit the earth at this time in the book of Daniel. It calls them, it calls it a time as such that there never was like incredibly gnarly, crazy, hectic, terrible calamities that will come upon the earth. And it's like, hey, the people of God, they need to be sealed. They need to be ready for this. They need to be able to stand against this because if they're not sealed, if they're not ready, then they won't be able to stand. We continue to read, though. Let's pick it up in Revelation. Um, We'll go to the book of Revelation and let's read verse 14. And you want to read chapter 14 and you want to read 7, 8, 9, 10 for us. I am reading from the NKJV and Revelation 14, 7, 8, 9, 10 says this, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. 
Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Sorry, I went too far. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. We see here a passage that we've read a, a fair few times now because we've been exploring, again, Revelation 14, these three angels' messages, how they fit into the greater scope of what we understand about Bible prophecy in the end times. And we come to this section here and we see that, oh, hey, yep, worship God, give him glory. And then we see the result of not doing so. We're talking about this last week, and it's like, hey, you know, Babylon is full, and if you're caught up in Babylon, you're going to be destroyed. We're talking about this with Justin Lawman this morning. We are like, hey, we're kind of resolved to two options when it comes to the end of time. It's like you can be wrapped up in the cares of the world, and you can be wrapped up in what the world has to offer, and that will lead to death, and that will lead to destruction versus... Um, you know, we can rely on Jesus and we can rely on him and make it through. And now it says here, it's like, okay, yep, those relying on Jesus, they'll be worshiping him, they'll be following him. And then in contrast, it says Babylon is fallen, get out. We talked about that last week. Get out of Babylon, you know, because it's 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 fallen and it's in idolatry, it's against God. And the result of not getting out of Babylon, that's the third angel's message, is, you know, being destroyed, being hit with the full wrath of the wine of God. You know, what is it? What, how does it phrase that? It says, um, the wine of the wrath of God, the wine of the wrath or the wrath of God. And so for full strength, I, I love that. I remember reading this for the first time and thinking like full strength, full force, you know, this is intense. And again, it's these calamities that come upon the earth and how the earth is just absolutely falling apart. So it's like, okay, you know, how do we get on this side then of Jesus? Do you want to read for us now? Verse 12. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So then it gives us the information. It says, here, all right, you want to be on the side in which you don't have to experience the, the full strength of the wrath of the wine of God? Um, yeah. Uh, instead of receiving that, be on God's side by doing what? Keeping his commandments and having his faith. Um, it also uses the word patience there, the idea of steadfast endurance, which in the Greek uses the word um, hupomone, hupomone, hupomone. Um, and it's like, yeah, like we want to be on the side um, where we're having, you know, the strength to endure such terrible calamities. I think there are just times uh, where things wear us down and, and, and just, you know, really, really get at us. Uh, um, Monica... Have you ever ran before? Like like in a professional sense. Like on, no ran. Ran. Like like running. Or have I ever run before? Yeah. Maybe not in a professional sense, but in like an active exercise, like yeah. I'm gonna go out. I still and hold be records in Western Australia for my age bracket. Really? Yeah, yeah, as a at, kid. At what I, oh, okay. Like eleven. For like track? Yeah, sprint. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not long distance. Okay. Well, for me, I have only ever been good at long distance running. Really? And that's because I'm short. Um, <laughs> and, and I've just never had, like, super quick legs. But I, I, I like distance running. You know, I really, really enjoy it. I'm getting back into it now because I'm planning to do the City to Surf uh, later this year. And so when you're distance running... 
It, have you done much distance running, Mike? I absolutely hate it. I despise it, loathe it. Wouldn't do it if you paid me. Wow. It's okay. just so boring. <laughs> well, this is the thing about distance running. Having that endurance to go forward, it is such a mental game. Mm, like, absolutely. I've been getting back into it now, and so much of it is just training your brain to yeah. be okay yep. hurting. You know, where, where it's like you get to the 5K mark or the 10K mark and it's like, oh, my legs feel like I'm going to give out. And it's just like, no, keep going. I remember I, I did this run last week and it was only a 5K, but I think about 3Ks in, like my cars were just burning. I wasn't feeling the good. Lactic acid hits. And yeah. I wasn't feeling good and I was just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm cooked already. And I felt really bad because I'm like, oh, so what's wrong with you? You should be able to do more than this. But I was with a group of people and... I just start, I'm like, okay, I have to do something to get my mind off this. So I started having conversations with like the people I was running with and we were just talking about life and talking about work and doing various things. And wouldn't you know, you know, smashed out another 2Ks and and finished off with 5K. So again, at that point at the 3K, I felt like I'm going to die. And you know what's so interesting is that I I was thinking like, okay, if I keep running, I'll be able to run this out. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, by the time I finished, my legs were even more cooked. Like I didn't feel like, oh no, I'm good to go. No, I was like... I was like, well cooked. I was well done. But the fact that I just talked to people and thought about something else and I was able to kind of refocus, retrain my brain, I was able to have that endurance that would keep me going to a point where I did two extra Ks that I didn't think I could do at one point, which like five Ks in terms of running. And, and just for me personally, I'm like, that is that is nothing. That is like a really, really quick short run. But it was it was just like, okay, just need to get my mind off it. And I was able to get through. We're going to talk about this more. But- You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our final question for our quiz today. Yes, remember we've had a different quiz every time with a different mm. answer, so it's not working towards the one answer, it's multiple answers. Mm-hmm. Theme is David's sons. The last quiz goes like this: Which two of David's sons did Jesus's earthly parents descend from? Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Now we have been considering Revelation chapter fourteen and verse twelve. We've been talking about the patience and the faith of the saints, and this patience that the saints possess is a stead fast endurance that keeps them going. Um, we know that then they keep the commandments of God. They worship Jesus. But hey, let's let's talk a little bit about their faith as well. Do you want to go for us, Monica, to Romans chapter 8? So head on down. Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verse 1 to 4. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Mm. Was that... Did you, did you oh, read three as well, four? sorry. Three and four. For what the law could not do in it that it was weak through flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Mm. And four as well. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Mm, I love this passage so much. This passage gives me so much hope. Amen. Uh, and the reason is because, well, it's interesting because this this passage is actually really contested over as to what it's trying to say. But if we just read through it here, it says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Okay. What brings us condemnation, Monica? 
Uh, our sin. Our sin, right? Mm-hmm. So we choose to sin. The Bible is very clear about this. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever might believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But then we read, oh, and then verse 17, it says, and Jesus, he did not, not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. So we see this passage like, yes, Jesus has come not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that's amazing. That is fantastically good news. But you read a couple verses down in John chapter three, and you get to the verses like, okay, but this is the condemnation. Then why are people lost? This is the condemnation because people love darkness rather than light. So instead of choosing Jesus who came to save you, you choose sin. Mm. And this is what we see here. It says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those who who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. There's no condemnation. But then it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It's like, okay, so the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, there is some dispute as to, okay, which which law is which here? And what does it mean, the law of the spirit of life? And what is the law of sin and death? But I think that the next verses give context to this. It says, for what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. Now, the law of God, say, the Ten Commandments. We have the Ten Commandments in in the Bible, and they are fantastic. They are amazing. It is the ultimate moral guide to live your life by. If you're following the Ten Commandments, you are truly living your best life. Really and are. to break them, the Bible calls sin, because mm-hmm. sin is the transgression of the law. But despite knowing they're good, Monica... Mm. Do we keep the law of God? <laughs> no. No, right? We fail. We fail again and again and again. But the way you just said it, just said it, it just really makes it makes us sound so stupid when we don't exactly. do it. You literally live your best life when you live, um, keep the Ten Commandments. And to not keep it, it's like, why are we so dumb? Yeah, but we, we seem to be incapable <laughs> of keeping yeah. it. Thus, automatically, we are then faced with the condemnation of sin. Now, you could say, okay, if we're incapable of keeping the law of God and then we um, are then classed as sinners because of it, are we then responsible for, for our sin if we can't do anything but sin? And the answer is, yes, we are responsible because we, we ultimately chose. This yeah. is the decision that humanity has made and this is the decision that we have made. But the ability to change and to be able to, well, then, you know, not sin. You know, it's like, okay, well, Jesus is calling me to overcome in the multiple times that he has interaction with people. He says to them, go and sin no more. How is the woman caught in adultery or the guy who's been healed from leprosy or the guy who's been healed from blindness or lameness? How are they to, you know, go and sin no more? How does that even make sense if we can't change? But it says it's like for the what the law could not do because I was weak through the flesh. So the law, you know, even though I know that the law of God is true and righteous and good, it's not going to change me because I literally can't keep it. It says, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And what it's saying here, it's like, okay, you are condemned. Already. Why? Because he broke the law of God. Jesus came and kept the law of God perfectly in the flesh. Praise God. If he didn't do that, 
we be would lost. we would all be lost. But he kept the law of God perfectly. He lived, died, and resurrected. That now we might live according to the Spirit, who does the work of the Spirit in us to change us, to bring us to the place. And if we loop back around to verse 1, it says, There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because they're living according to the Spirit. And what does it mean to live according to the Spirit? Well, the Spirit, He changes our character, He changes our minds, He changes our lives, He makes us more like Christ. And in the ultimate sense, when we're living completely through the Spirit, as the Bible says, you know, right now we see dimly through a mirror, but then face to face, the ultimate point of living through the spirit of god which is in heaven when we're given new bodies and we're made perfect again is that we do not sin now i'm not preaching here um the idea of sinless perfectionism in and of ourselves that is impossible but what i am telling you guys is that when we live according to you know the spirit when we're praying that the spirit might work in us when we're asking the spirit to live in us and refine our character it is by that power that we grow to overcome sin and if we aren't overcoming sin if we're failing well then there's two questions we need to ask the first one is is well can jesus forgive me of my sin and the answer is absolutely yes he lived died and resurrected for you you always have the ability to repent but secondarily the next question i ask is well hey am i living according to the spirit and and it's like, well, if I haven't asked the Spirit to be with me, if I haven't asked Jesus to work in my heart and in my mind and in my life, well, then maybe I'm not. And I need to do that. I need to repent and come to God and ask him to work in me. This is what we're talking about when it says living by the faith of Jesus. It's letting Jesus work in you. And the outcome of that, as we see in Revelation 14 and, and verse 12, where it says, you know, they live by the faith of Jesus and keep the commandments of God. It's like the outcome of living by the faith of Jesus, letting the Spirit of Jesus work in your life, letting the Holy Spirit do work in you that sanctifies you and grows you, is that you would keep the commandments of God. And that's exactly what I want. Like, that is the best life. That is the thing that God has called us to do. He's called us to be, and we will be so blessed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And all we have to do now is, well, we we have a winner. Winner, winner. We do. We have a winner. And that winner, shout out Freco for winning our prize for today. So make sure you guys are playing every single day and you'll be able to win the amazing book that we're wanting to give principles from The Life of Daniel. That's what it's called, right? Daniel, Practical Living in the Judgment Hour. Amazing. Yep. Uh, you'll be able to have the opportunity to win this book every single day this week, so make sure you're answering questions correctly. But, hey, what were the answers for our quiz today? Yeah, so here are the uh, quiz answers. are of course, David's sons. Who was David's son that became king? Solomon. How did David's son uh, oldest son, Amnon, die. He was killed by his brother's Absalom's men for raping his sister Tamar. Oof. Who was the mother of David's son, Daniel Caleb, uh, which was Abigail of Carmel? Which of sons David's sons were known to be very handsome with luscious long locks? It was Absalom. And which two of David's sons did Jesus' earthly parents descend from? It was uh, Nathan, so Mary, and Joseph uh, from Solomon. Mm. So I was thinking... 
um, when that first question is like, which of David's sons became the king of Israel? Well, for a period there, Absalom was the king of Israel, mm-hmm. or, the, or at least leading leading Judah and Israel as well. And David was exiled. You could say he was never the true king. He tried to, you know, throw a mutiny and kick his dad out, but ultimately failed. And he got his hair caught in a tree and was, you know, strung up in a tree by his hair, which is pretty hectic. I don't think. Do, do you think your hair? Could get tangled in a tree to the point where you're like lifted off the ground and can't move. Yeah, and it would hold. Uh huh. Really? My, before I cut it last week, yeah. My hair, yeah, my like if I had my hair out and down, and I was walking down the street, my hair would like get caught on other people's clothing, on door handles, and all kinds of stuff. And I'd be left hanging all the time. But I guess the thing that I think it would hold my weight. Well, like because Absalom, the Bible says he's like a tall, like muscular dude dude yeah. bro, guy, the guy's probably like i don't know like 130 kilos or something at least and he's got hair that weighs like however many but that's how ropes made by lots of little strings put together to make one solid rope yeah but i'm just i'm like man that must hurt <laughs> your scalp i'm just wondering if there was like a branch beside him that maybe kept some of the weight or it really just was like his whole hair just hanging off branches mm I think we need to do some fact finding. <laughs> we need we need to do Is like anyone volunteering to like uh, like a, a MythBusters for this story. <laughs> but, you know, because it's one of those story. It doesn't say that there's anything necessarily supernatural taking place here. You know, I'm not about. I, I've seen people try and do this before, like come up with um, natural explanations to how miracles work. Like yep. it was like, oh, the trumpets blowing at a certain frequency knocked down the walls of Jericho. I'm like, nah, dude. Like it was yeah. the power of God. Like, Amen. come on, man. Like the we- the Red Sea opening, you know, happened because of such... I'm like, no, like, it was the power of God that opened the Red Sea. But when it comes to Absalom hanging by his hair in a tree, like, yeah, there's no supernatural indication there. It's just like, nah, his hair was so strong that it just kept his weight Mm -hmm. from his scalp. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. I really, I really, really wanted to... Hey, if you've got some insight on this, hey, 0491-064-669, maybe let us know. Give us some, give us some answers. I really, really need to know the answer to this. And of course, guys, um, we've been talking about, hey, you can head to our website, faithfm.com.au, and we are giving away a bunch of merch. There's a heaps of different ways that you can get entries to get into those giveaways. But one of those ways that you can enter is head on over to the website and put in our secret code, which here on The Breakfast Show is the word Wheatbix. W-E-E-T-B-I-X. Yeah, Wheatbix, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you like Wheatbix, Monica? I like the gluten-free ones because uh-huh. they're made with red sorghum and they taste sweeter. Oh, I just yeah. like wheat bix. I love eating wheat bix. So I used to like put so much sugar and honey on my wheat bix when I was younger. Now I don't do any of that because I drink soy milk, and oh. soy milk is just naturally so sweet. Mm-hmm. Just you just eat those things raw. It's fantastic. But um, you know, I I used to also love putting Milo on my wheat bix, oh, but yeah. I don't do that anymore because Milo's got. Milk in it, but there is vegan Milo. Which you is. can you can chuck on your wheat bix, and you kind of got like a chocolate smoothie wheat bix thing going right there. <laughs> Are you hungry by chance? I am so <laughs> hungry. I am ready to eat. Yeah, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Mon, you heading to work this morning? Yes, sir. Amazing. I'm probably gonna go to bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Hey, we also just wanted to tell you, we've got some text messages coming through over the line. We're talking about the Wheatbix code. It's not on our text line, but at faithfm.com.au that you need to head to. So faithfm.com.au, and you'll be able to put the code in there. But guys, have a fantastic day. Spend time with Jesus, and remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus. Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.